name we pray, God. Thank you, Lord. Can we keep Glory that praise going? Let the people of God shout hallelujah this morning. Let the people of God shout hallelujah. And if you're joining with us, we say welcome and good morning. We want to bless and praise the Lord this morning. So everybody stand on your feet right where you are and give God some praise by clapping your hands. Hallelujah. Clap like this. Come on. Y'all have it.
Everybody help us say, you are good, you are good, and your mercy is good. Hallelujah.
to help us sing, say,
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are so grateful for our worship team this morning. Amen. What a blessing just to worship the Lord. Please don't forget this month on the 20th and the 21st. We're going to have the insurance people come back. The company is called Heritage. Amen. So if you are interested in what we call life insurance for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones, please come down on these two dates. We're going to be here from 9 a.m. till 12. Then they'll have a, a lunch break and they'll be here till 5 o'clock. Amen. We want to thank all of you for the call of God upon your life and for everything that you're doing to make the kingdom of God come. We appreciate you. We're grateful, grateful, grateful for the way that God is using you. Amen. After I finish preaching today, going to be asking uh, one of our members here to pray for us. Amen. Papa, will you do that for us? Amen. This is Mr. Bookman. This is his name. And he's been faithful here. I don't know why I'm picking on him today, but after I finish preaching, uh, Papa, I'm going to ask you to come and pray for us. You can come forward if you want, or you can stay right where you are. That's the privilege of being an elderly. Amen? If you have your Bible with you, Will you please turn to the book of Philippians? The book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse number 6. Very familiar scripture. Glad to see Pastor Tenney with us this morning. We are grateful. Philippians, chapter 4. Verse number six. The word of God says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. That's it. While you're standing, let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful 
for another beautiful day. Thank you, O oh God, for waking us up this morning. Thank you that we have food to eat. And thank you that we have something to wear. Thank you for your faithfulness. You are doing your part to make us living. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to our midst this morning. Thank you for being in the midst of your people. Thank you for the prayers that are ushers. Thank you that we have a God we can talk to. Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way in this place. Minister to us in a very special way. Speak to our heart. Glorify yourself in this house. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Stop Worrying and Start Living. I hear the Lord say to me, to you, and all of us to stop worrying and start living. I encountered this demon of worry about 41 years ago when I was just a teenage boy about 19 or so, 19 or 20 years old, getting ready to come to America. And everybody was happy for me, but I noticed one person that was not too excited, and that was my mom. So I got with her, and I asked her, Mama, is everything okay? Are you not excited? Uh, and she shared with me something that I did not know about life. And that what she noticed is that I will be going to America. Where I'm going, she don't know. How far away America is, she don't know. And then she was told I'd be gone for four long years. She was worried about me. I was just a teenager, a rookie. She could see all the risk, all the chances, even many of which I didn't see. That was my first time of learning about this demon called worry. It's real. You as a Christian, you need to know what God has to say about it. 
what I'm going to be sharing with you this morning, some of you may not need it today. You may not need it now. But believe me when I tell you, the day will come if you keep living. You're going to need this instruction from the Lord. Why? Because all of us go through things from time to time. All of us, from time to time, we have to deal with anxiety. We have to deal with something we are concerned about. And sometimes we, we may have to deal with worry. My assignment this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is to encourage you and lift you up and share with you what thus says the Lord. What I'm sharing with you today, I've used it in my own life. It works. First of all, we need to understand what is worry. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. My brothers, my sisters, to worry means you're preoccupied your mind about a problem or more. There's some kind of concern. There's some kind of problem that your mind is preoccupied with. To worry means that you are anxious and you are nervous and you are concerned about something. And that something is now controlling your thoughts. It's occupying your mind space. To put it in plain English, to worry means... You are now dealing with a troubled mind. Worry will put wrinkles in your face. Am I right about it? Worry will rob you of your rest. You find yourself 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. You still can't sleep. You roll from one side of the bed to the other. You hug your pillow. <laughs> Maybe I'm talking about my own saying this time. <laughs> you hug your pillow. You put in some earplugs so you can listen to music and put yourself to sleep. Sometimes, you turn on the TV in the middle of the night. And after you try all those trickery, and you find yourself, nothing seems to help. Why? Because you're worrying about something. And what is so funny is that while you're struggling to sleep, everybody has a sound asleep. find yourself restless. You find yourself crying. Why? Because you're worrying about something. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 
It doesn't mean that you're a bad person when you weren't. It doesn't mean that you have failed. It doesn't even mean that you are just an emotional creature. It doesn't mean that you are immature. It doesn't even mean that you're not a Christian. Truth be told, even Christians, from time to time, they do battle anxiety. They do battle fears. They do battle depression. Christians, from time to time, they find themselves battling worry. Am I right about it? I wish I have time to call your attention to many people in the word of God that had to deal with this, this monster called worry. Even Jesus Christ. We find him in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says he was praying so hard. He was crying so hard that even the tears from his face were like drop of blood. Am I still in the book? Worry will send you to work in the morning. Weak. Depressed. You're smiling on the job, but deep within, your soul is troubled. Have you ever felt swamp? That you, you barely show up on the job. You are there physically, but you're not there. Don't tell my employer I told you. <laughs> you're smiling. But behind that smile, you are deeply concerned about something. Behind that smile, sometimes there is pain. Behind that smile, sometimes there is deep hurt. Even that somebody next to you may not understand. Worry, ladies and gentlemen, is literally believing in your own defeat even before the battle. Ladies and gentlemen, worry will pollute the streams of your life. And before you realize it, everybody is living but you. I'm trying to make sure you understand what I'm talking about this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, worry is interest that you pay on trouble that has not yet occurred. Worry is what drowns our hope. It drowns our optimism. You see, everybody excited like today is Super Bowl day people are excited but because there is trouble within 
you cannot feel it. Worry will cause your mind to be spinning while you're going nowhere. My wife and I, we used to live in a city called Fayetteville, Arkansas. And one thing that we really enjoy about Fayetteville is that during winter, it was snowed so bad. I mean, it will iced up. That sometimes you're trying to drive, you put chains on your tires. The governments there, they are so well equipped. They have all kinds of equipment. They're constantly working so that they make it easy for us to, to drive around. But sometimes, despite all those efforts, you find your car just spinning. <laughs> you're spinning, but you're going nowhere. Some of us know what it means to be spinning in life. You're spinning around. There's a lot of motion, but no movement. Worry is what had you up in the middle of the night when everybody else is sleeping. And at times, worry will oppress you so much that you have to rush to the bathroom in the middle of the night so you don't pee on yourself. <laughs> Why? Because your, your brain... <laughs> And your bladder is full. <laughs> Worry is a monster. The devil will get you so dizzy that you don't even know who to talk to. You don't even know who to trust. You just know that you're troubled in your soul. God sent me this morning to tell somebody... Today is your day to stop spinning. My brothers and my sisters, I want you to pay close attention because whatever it is that is surrounding you, God has already surrounded it. I don't care what it is, but I hear the Lord say, whatever is surrounding you and me. Whatever is scaring daylight out of you and me, God has already surrounded it. Open your mouth, shout amen to that. The message from the Lord to all of us today is to stop worrying about it. You have to learn to stop worrying about what God is already working on. Hallelujah. Even science say worry is the mother of cancer. Did you know that? Worry will cause people to have heart disease. Worry will cause your blood pressure, my blood pressure to go up unnecessarily. 
Worry comes in troubled times, in bad times, during crises, during personal or life trouble. The exact time that you need a clear mind so you can think through. Instead, the, the demon of worry will set in. Worrying is the thing that had you and me up. We're pacing the floor. We're concerned about our children. We're concerned about our job. We're concerned about our health. I mean, in today's world that we live in, worry has permeated every area of our culture. You see it on television. You hear it on radio. I mean, you go to social media, it's all there waiting for you. As a result, even our stock market is unstable. Just goes up and down because we are worried. Not just our market, our health. And now worry got us so much bound that now we can't even move. Our movement is curtailed. We become imprisoned in our own home. Why? Some of us, we are worrying about our health. We're worrying about losing our job. Sometimes we worry about losing our loved ones. It's not fun when you, when you have to deal with loved ones in hospital, in ICU, on ventilation. Some of us worry because we have no job. Some people worry because they have no money. Some people worry because they can't even pay their rent. Are you listening to me? I want you to know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll be amazed how many people worry because they have no savings account, no checkings account, nothing to fall back on. You'd be amazed how many Christians are worrying about their children. One of my children one day just came to me and said, Daddy, I'm going to Italy. I said, say what? And I think my blood pressure shoots so high that I don't even know whether I'm daydreaming or out of nowhere, what on earth is going on in Italy? There's nothing. So, who are you going to in Italy? Nobody. I said, baby, am I missing something? You know, daddy, I, I just want to go on vacation. Well, to her, is vacation. But to me, I'm worried about a young girl. Traveling. And I'm not there. 
to protect her. All of us, we have one thing or the other to worry about. Some people worry about their own relationship. Some people worry about their career. Some people worry about their business. You work so hard to start a business. Now you got to deal with the worry of maintaining that business. You may find this hard to believe. Even pastors worry about their own church, about their own ministry. What if this? What if that? You find the enemy just coming up with all kinds of craziness in your mind. Many of you may have noticed little kids when they're young, when you put them in a room and if it's dark, they're afraid. It's natural. But then the way to deal with that problem is for you to come in and turn on the lights. And that's exactly what my assignment is this month. The word of God is a light onto our pathways. I just don't want you to know what worry is about, but my assignment today is to come in and turn on the light and let the word of God heal you and me of any worry in our life. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we going to beat the odd? How are we going to deal with this monster called worry? The Bible answered that question in our text today. The Bible simply says, don't worry about a thing. If you don't hear anything else, I have to say, the light is on. And heaven has spoken. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe that person is right here in the house. Maybe that person is at home live streaming. Maybe that person is driving, is hearing me on radio. The God of heaven said, turn on the light. The word of God is light unto a pathway. And right where you and I read this morning, he said, be careful for nothing. Translation, don't worry about a thing. Now it's up to you to receive the word of God. And just in case you don't get it, because sometimes for me, you have to tell me something two or three times before, before it's sinking. Again, we find Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew chapter 6, beginning from verse 25 through verse 34. He took the time to conduct a stress-worry seminar. 
He literally conducted a workshop on the subject of worry. Three times in that passage, he told the people, do not worry. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he says, do not worry about a thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus again said, do not worry. Obviously, he knows that you worrying will do some harm on you. Again, we find him in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. He said the same thing. Do not worry. Worry is concern on steroids. God said, don't do it. If you allow worry to consume your mind, eventually what is in your mind will affect what is in your body. That is why God is warning you and is speaking to me and you this morning, stop worrying about it. Whatever it is, knock it off. Don't worry about it. Worry is when you are concerned, but you're not just concerned. Now you allow the concern to be controlling you. When your concern begins to dictate when you wake up, and dictate when you go to bed and dictate how you're going to feel during the day and controls your temper and controls your sleep and controls how you cope with life. You are now consumed with worry. Notice how the Bible treats that subject. Jesus is conducting his workshop. Just happened yesterday, your pastor conducted church leadership workshop. Here we find Jesus conducting a workshop about worry. In verse number 25, Matthew 6, he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat. He said, don't worry about what you're going to drink. He said, your life is far more important. And you think about it, Jesus is so correct. Of what good if you're worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, when you're dead. So he's saying your life is far more important than oh, what we're going to drink, oh, what we're going to eat. My wife and I, we have conversation about that quite often. She likes to ask me, what would you like to eat? I say, anything is fine. Don't worry about me. Eating is not a priority in my life. I've got so much. I'm pregnant with a miracle. Whatever you have. And if you don't have anything, let's just go out and eat somewhere. Don't, don't 
Don't waste your time on this. Verse number 6, 26. Jesus is still conducting his workshop. Matthew 6, 26. He said, consider, observe the birds. Anybody ever seen birds? I do. He said, look at these birds. They don't sow. They don't reap. Why are you freaking out? <laughs> he said, this bird, although they don't sow nor reap, your heavenly father. Hallelujah. I can preach that all day. He is not talking about the birds, heavenly father. He is talking about your heavenly father. Your heavenly father still feed this bird. And now Jesus asked a question during the seminar. Are you not better than the birds? When I got hold of that revelation, I stopped worrying about that thing. I'm glad my wife is here. One of the things that bothers her is that I don't worry about anything. <laughs> the Lord delivered me. I was just like everybody else. I will worry. I will have concern over this, over that. But the Lord delivered me completely out of this passage here. God is saying if birds who don't have no 401k, don't have no insurance policy. God said, if God can take care of birds like that, they have no CDs, they have no mutual funds. You ever see any bird with mutual funds? They have no checkings account. Little birds don't have no savings account. But God, take care of him. Hallelujah. Once I got a revelation, I was set free. I was just a Baptist boy, you know, minding my own business in the choir. And then they teach us the song that if God can take care of little sparrow. There is hope for you and me. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I want the Holy Spirit to set you and me, all of us free of any type of worry in our life today. The Bible said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 28, it goes on to say, it said, don't worry about your raiment. Raiment. That's your clothes. I won't mention nobody's name. But some people in my house, they have so much clothes. And they have to. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible said, make sure you, can you read? Don't worry about what you're going to wear. 
By the time you fix, okay, all right, what am I going to put on my head? A brown wig, a black wig? And then you, goodness gracious. Jesus is conducting the workshop. He said, think about it. Have you ever seen little lilies, flowers on the field? He said, they don't have all this worry. They don't worry about what they're going to wear. How am I going to match? Is the purse going to? Now you won't tell, because I'm telling the truth, you won't talk to me. We all do that. Even I find my own self in that mess. Now you got to coordinate the shoe and coordinate the colors and make sure the tie match. Oh! What, what headache we, we, we put on ourselves. Jesus said, look, look at the lilies. They don't worry about a thing. But Jesus said, they are better clothed than Solomon in all of his glory. Wow. He is saying to you and me, stop worrying. Whatever it is that the enemy is trying to plan in your spirit today, don't worry about it. Matthew verse, chapter 6, verse 30 says, If God is good enough to clothe the grasses, how much more you who is made in his image, you who is made in his likeness, I want to close this by sharing with you what you need to do if you are, if you are being consumed by worry right now. I know what it is to worry. Ain't no shame in my game. I had to be delivered from the spirit of worry. What do you do when this monster is in your life? Well, Apostle Paul gave us some clue. Number one, in Philippians 4 and 4. See, we read Philippians 6. Now I'm bringing you a few, few verses before. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. No money in your pocket, rejoice. No food on the table, rejoice. Loved one is gone, rejoice. Apostle Paul was writing this, ladies and gentlemen, when he was locked up in jail. And while he was locked up, Nero's executioner is about to come and kill him. You know how you can be locked up and you can see people walking, you can hear their marching, you can hear their footsteps. 
You know it's just a matter of time. You're on death row. And yet in the midst of that, he took his pen and said, this is how you get out of worry. Rejoice. It means, ladies and gentlemen, stop staring at your problem. Ninety percent of the calls that comes to me is about people dealing with this monster called worry. The solution to our problem is to stop staring at the problem. The more you stare at the problem, the bigger the problem will become. But the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Goodness gracious, I feel like shouting. That's what David was talking about when he said, I will look to the hills from which come my help. He said, my help don't come from nobody. If you're not careful, the events of this world, whether it's in Washington, whether it's in Baton Rouge, whether it's in stock market, whether it's with COVID-19, if you're not war, if you're not careful, you'll be imprisoned. We need to begin to look to the hills from whence come our help. I hear the word of God say, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up. Every everlasting doors in the house. He said, the king of glory will come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord. Strong and mighty. Your God, my God, mighty in battle. Don't worry about a thing. God will take care of you. And look at his record. Did he take care of you before? He did it before he can do it again. Thank you, choir. You plant that thing in my head. I got it. I got it now. If he did it before, he can do it again. I was sick before, he healed my body. If he healed me before, he can heal me again. I was homeless on the streets of Riverside, California. No dime to my name. He took care of me. If he took care of me before, when I had no job, when I had no friend, when I had no relative, don't you think he would take care of me now? If God would take care of little sparrow, little sparrow, don't you think he cared for you? God is bigger than our problem. Did you hear what I said? I said God is bigger than my problem. God is bigger than your problem. So Paul said, rejoice. 
another thing he said, he said, ask God to help you. Sometimes we forget about that. He said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by what? Prayer. By what? Prayer. What else? Supplication. What else? Thanksgiving. Let your request. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. But if I were you, I'd stop worrying about it. If I were you, I'd stop pacing the floor about it. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He tells you what else to do. Say, cast all your cares upon him. That's right, Reverend. He cared for you. Your friends may not understand. Your church folks may not understand. You can be living under the same roof and people around you don't understand what you're dealing with. But there is a God. You can cast all your cares upon him knowing that he cared for you. Ask the Savior to help you. Let your request be made known. Stop having pity parties. Turn it over to Jesus. Can he work it out? Yes, he can. Do I have a witness in the house? Has he ever worked it out for you? If he did it before, he can do it again. Turn it over to Jesus. He can work it out. This house is full of testimony. Men and women that can say, I try him for myself. And I know he's all right. Amen, somebody. He said by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Please don't miss that thanksgiving part. Right in the midst of your concern, right in the midst of your worry, begin to thank God. Thank God for what he did for you yesterday. Thank God for what he did for you last week. Thank God for what he did for you last month. Thank God for what he did for you last year. Look back over your life and see what could have happened, what should have happened, what almost happened. But by the grace of God, you are still here. Say, Lord, I thank you. I may not have houses and land. My friends may be few in number, but Lord, I thank you. I'm still in the land of living. We need to be thankful. And you need to encourage yourself. I've got to stop. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You know what that means? That means you have to pick your own self up. Sometimes you can't wait on nobody to pick you up. Sometimes even the preacher don't understand what you're going through. Pick yourself up. 
The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know why you can do that? First, you have to know who you are in Christ. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. That means I'm looking at queens and kings. It don't matter what anybody say about you. When you know who you are, when you know that you are somebody, you look yourself in the mirror and say, Self, we're going to make it. Yes, we're going through some layoff right now. Yes, there's no unemployment check coming in. Yes, times are rough right now, but self, we're going to make it. How can you say that? Because you know in your knowing that you're a royal priesthood. You know in your knowing that you're a chosen generation. You know in your knowing you're a holy nation. You know in your knowing you are a peculiar people. So you can look at the devil and say, eat your heart out. I'm going to beat the odds. What is the message? Stop worrying. Whatever you're dealing with right now, give it to God. Turn it over to Jesus. He can work it out. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Papa, I'm going to ask you to come forward. Everybody stand to your feet. Let me get a microphone for, for this, this man of God. I want you to pray for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All hairs bow. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. And I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you for all of your blessings. And Rev hit the nail on the head when he said, stop worrying. Because I believe we all got something to worry about. I hope we can do what he say. And I'm asking the Lord to bless every each and every one that's on the sound of my, his, my voice. And Father, you know that I've turned my life over to you. And whatever you say, it's not what I say, it's what you say. You've blessed me to live from nothing to something. And I, and I appreciate whatever you did for me. And all the problems that I have, that's in your hands. And I know you're the one that can take care of that. And I'm asking you to uh, bless the people in the hospital today. Look over the ones in the nursing homes today. I know you can do what them doctors up there can't do. They can do so much. But you have made us so you know more about that than they do. And so I'm asking you to step in there and do what you know you can do. I ain't got to even guess about it. And I know you're going to get rid of this disease in a little bit. You're going to get rid of it. So all we got to do is pray and depend on you. Not like, don't get worried and upset and all this other stuff. Because you're there for us, Father. You're on that right hand of God. And, he, and you speaking for us today and going to always be there. And I, I thank you for the things that you did 
from the start and things that you're doing now and things you're going to do in the future. And I want to ask you to bless all my children and their families and stuff. And I want you to bless everyone in this building with their families and their children and things. Because I know you can do what needs to be done. We, we can't depend on nobody else. We can't depend on our friends. We got to depend on you. Because you're the one going to take care of things for us. Now you put food on our table. And clothes on our back. And all these other things, Father. I'm asking you today to bless us. Hold your arms around us. Put a fence around us. Keep that danger and stuff away from us. Keep that danger from us. Because that old devil is out there doing all kinds of things. And we don't, want, we don't need him around us. And I hope you appreciate, bless everyone. And I'm going to thank you. Amen. 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 My God, my God. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I don't want us to finish this worship without inviting somebody to Jesus Christ. When it's all said and done, just like we preach, just like this man of God prayed, we can depend on God. And if you're here today and you're not fully committed to Jesus Christ. I invite you to the Lord Jesus Christ today. Say, today I'm coming. Is there somebody else? Say, Hallelujah. Come on, you ought to be rejoicing right now. All of heaven is rejoicing. Is there somebody else? See, I'm going to give it to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of my soul. Hallelujah. Those of you who are live streaming with us, there is a number under the screen. You can be a part of this. This is a good opportunity to say to Jesus Christ, Here am I. Use me. Here am I. Mold me. Have your way in my life. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to be my Lord. There are ministers of the gospel waiting for your call to rejoice with you, to pray with you, to celebrate your decision with you. Let me encourage all of us who are here on your way out, if you will, Love the Lord enough to, to give for the work of the ministry. Give out of obedience. You know it, I know it. Giving is receiving. As the Lord prosper you, give. Not grudgingly, not out of necessity. God loves cheerful givers. Those of you are live streaming, you say, how am I going to give? I'm at home. You can go to our website, zionhill.com. There's opportunity for online giving there. And I can assure you, whatever you give, you 
will do our very best to use it for the glory of God. I want to say thank you for being in church today. Will you please help me welcome our worship team one more time? You all look so beautiful. Come on, clap your hands like this as we prepare to get ready to adjourn. Everybody clap those hands, come on. Come on, say, you're the Lion of Judah. You are my Lord and King. You're the Lion of Judah. You rule over everything. You're the Lion of Judah. You are the great I am. Help me say the Lion of Judah. Rule over all the land. And you are holy God.
have a great day and a great week.